0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Dear fellow redeemed, in everyday life, why are people chosen for special favors or privileges or positions? Often it comes down to who you are or what you have made of yourself or whom you know. For example, we wouldn't expect to see the President of the United States standing at the end of a long line at the bank or supermarket. Authority, power, and birth mean something in our world. Using this same reasoning, we might assume that God calls people to be members of his family of believers for similar reasons. But in our text, Paul reminds us that in that God's way of doing things is far different from ours. He invites us to consider the situation in which we found ourselves when we were called to be members of the family of believers. Why are we members of God's family? Is it something in us? Is it because of our prominent position in society or amazing intellect. Few among us could lay claim to great wisdom, superior positions of authority, or favored birth in noble families. Yet we are members of the family of believers. Consider your calling. First consider what you were called from. The first verse says, think of what you were when you were called. Listen to the words used to describe what we were according to worldly standards. Foolish, weak, low, despised, nothing. Not very flattering terms, are they? When picking teams or hiring employees or choosing someone to reward, would you choose someone who is foolish, weak, low, Despised or nothing? Of course not, but that is what we were according to the standards of this world. The point Paul is making is that the reason God called us is not some unique quality in us. Now, this is just human standards, not the standards that count before God. How do we measure up according to God's standards, his holy will expressed in the Ten Commandments? If we think we're doing poorly according to human standards just hear the verdict of god's law against us as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature objects of wrath rather than staying on the straight and narrow path of god's will we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way. That is what you were, spiritually blind, spiritually dead, an enemy of God. That is what it is to be a sinner. And what you had you earned, the wages of sin is death. What a sorrowful state to be in. But to consider what you were called from is also a reason for us to rejoice. After all, Paul reminds us That we were called by God. This brings to mind the amazing grace of God who calls us to be his own. That call is even more wondrous when we realize that God has called us who aren't worthy of his call. The only thing that can remove our awful condition is the gospel. That is God's power, God's wisdom, and it comes to us only because Christ was crucified. And the message comes only in the gospel. God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Our membership in God's family depends on his action for us and in us as the Holy Spirit touches our hearts through the word. God's grace alone stands at center stage with the spotlight shining on the cross of Christ. Christ, with rejoicing, we confess that Jesus Christ has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death we were made alive together with Christ, even when we were dead in trespasses. God humbles us with the realization of what we were in our sin, so that no one may boast before him. Everything depends on God's grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. God's undeserved love presented Jesus Christ as Savior to a world lost in sin. God's undeserved love brought Jesus from the dead on the third day. God's undeserved love called us through his word to be members of his family through faith in Jesus Christ. With the hymnist, we pray. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Consider your calling, what you were called to. Peter describes our calling in this way. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Each of us, because of our calling, may say, Truly by the grace of God alone I am what I am, his child and heir of his eternal heaven. Remembering what we are in the light of what we were brings joy in Christ to our hearts as people of God. We confess in the words of Luther's explanation to the third article, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. That is what you are, the children of God by grace through faith in Christ. God called you in Christ. God enlightened your mind. God sanctifies you and keeps you in true faith. God chose you. God makes you a new creation. And what does a new creation look like? What does it mean to be a Christian? Look at Jesus. He is the perfect example of what it is to be a child of God. In Christ, we see what a child of God is. The key is not something we do for ourselves. It is rather something God does for us. Our text says, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. What is wisdom, true wisdom? It is three things. Number one, righteousness. This is the righteousness of Christ credited to our accounts by faith. Paul wrote in his second letter to the Corinthians, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a blessed exchange that Jesus would take all our sins upon himself and die to pay for them and give us his righteousness as a free gift. By faith in Christ, God now views us as if we have lived Jesus' perfect life. Second, sanctification. This means we are made holy and set apart for God. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, how the work of Jesus on the cross becomes ours in holy baptism, through which we are cleansed and sanctified. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Rendered holy in the eyes of God, we are made a holy temple in the Lord. Christ himself dwells in us, together with the Father and the Spirit, so that we are sanctified. In this life, our In this life, our sanctification is incomplete. We are saint and sinner at the same time. We indeed still sin daily, but our sins are daily and richly forgiven through repentance and faith. Through word and sacrament, we are strengthened in faith and remain connected to Christ as branches to the vine so that we don't lose Christ and His indwelling, sanctifying grace. And third, redemption. This means that Jesus is the ransom price that paid for all our sins and set us free from sin, death, and the devil. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Because Jesus has paid the ransom price for us in his own body on Calvary's cross, our redemption will come to consummation and our final deliverance on the last day as Jesus says in Luke 21. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. When we look to Christ and his example, we see what we are becoming. All the credit for this change goes to God. God didn't choose people who were already like Christ, but took the people most unlike Christ so that the world would see God at work and see the power of God not distant and unapproachable, but in their neighbors, and see that the power of God is a power unto salvation. That God would take a spiritually blind, dead enemy of God and make us a new creation. That God would take a lost and condemned sinner and make us a child of God. This is foolishness to the world, but it is the power of God. This is something so incredible. It makes everything else look foolish. Consider your calling. When we remember all these things and how God has worked and is working in our lives, then it is clear and there is nothing else that we would rather do than to boast of God and what he has done for us and and for all in Christ. All this is grace. It is in and of and from and through God's undeserved love for us sinners. We have reason to boast, but not in ourselves. We were nothing. We had nothing. We could do nothing. Now we are something, and we have everything through our Savior and the foolishness of his cross. Now we have something to glory in. Christ, our righteousness. Christ, our sanctification. Christ, our redemption. As those who are wise in Christ by faith, all these blessings are ours now we are clothed in christ's righteousness we are god's saints we look forward with confidence to the day when he will deliver us from every evil of body and soul property and honor and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven let us boast in the lord amen let us pray father of glory you reveal your greatness in showing mercy. Send us as peacemakers and witnesses to all people and fill our hearts with joy in your gift of salvation. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God in the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.